0: You are listening to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Lisa Clark, and I'm joined here each episode with my co-host, Chrissy Dunham. And we just want to say thanks for tuning in. Have you ever wondered what the Bible has to say about worry and fear? Have you ever wondered how to decorate an odd-shaped room? Have you ever wondered how to make a quiche with a sweet potato crust? Well, you're in the right place because we talk about all the things. If we don't know the answers to some of life's biggest, most wonderful questions, the guests we have on certainly will. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Wonder Podcast.
1: Welcome to The Wonder Podcast. Today, Lisa, are you with me, Lisa?
0: I'm with you, girl.
1: So today, Lisa, we have the most exciting guest. That we've had in a very long time. Agreed. Someone near and dear to both of us. But before we introduce her, I want to pivot and talk about your birthday because it is just around the bend. Yeah. And I want to know what you're thinking, how you are feeling as it's approaching.
0: Well, um, so yeah, I am about to celebrate my 60th the middle of May. And so we are gearing up for that. My husband just hit it out of the park and is sending us to Florida for several weeks and family's going to come and go and some friends are going to come and go and we're going to celebrate for a while. We've actually already started celebrating. <laughs> People on Facebook are very confused with Lisa's birthday is <laughs> because... It was last week. It's this week. It's going to be next week and the weeks to follow. Yeah. So we are That's just what party. a loved person. You are that well, everybody mm-hmm. wants to celebrate you. You are
1: very easy to celebrate. Well, I'm thankful that I get to go to
0: Florida. I know I'm thankful you do too. Yeah. So Yeah. But I mean, if if I could just say one thing about it, Becky is our guest. I don't, we'll, we'll share that in a minute, but she just asked how I'm feeling about it. She just had a, a, a birthday, a 40, 40th birthday. And uh, as y'all know, Chrissy had her 60th a year ago. And we joke about that. I was joking about that because I, I was saying I'm still in my 50s, but now I'm, I'm hitting 60. And the word I would use is reflective because you are, you're just thinking about your life and what, how you got here. It just, I don't feel 60, you know, and, and a good friend of ours, Sharon Kendall, she listens to the podcast. I remember when she turned 60, she said, Lisa, you're not going to feel a day older than 40, but everyone's going to think you're old now, (laughs) especially, (laughs) especially your kids, you know, Mm -hmm. because think about it when you're in your twenties and thirties, 60, it's old, old, it's old. Mm -hmm. So that she said that, and, and, and I've kept that in my mind. And so here I am. And um, no, I'm just, I'm thankful. I mean, the goodness of the Lord, the song just keeps echoing my mind that God's been so good and faithful to me. And, and I'm thrilled that he's given me 60 years and I pray for a lot more. So I'm excited for the future. I'm embracing it. Mm. Well,
1: I'm glad you're turning 60 so I can go to watercolor and party. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So for a long introduction, here's Becky Leach. (laughs) So we love Becky Leach and I know our listeners do. We've had on several times, but this time is extra, extra special because Becky has released a book called The Pivot. And what's the rest of it? What's the tagline? Dun, dun,
2: dun. Uh, (laughs) Believe in God when you really, really don't want to. That's it. Mm -hmm. So we have had the book release party
1: it has been up on Amazon's charts. It is continuing to climb. It had a big, big party everywhere we went with this book. I got to be a part of her book release party because it was at the store and we were Mm -hmm. overwhelmed Mm -hmm. by the number of people that came. So Becky is another person that's very easy to love and celebrate. And it was very evident that night of God's goodness in your, your life because of I don't know how many people were there. It felt like hundreds at times. It was a lot. So we're excited that you're here with us. We want to talk about your book. Our listeners may or may not know about it. So give us a little bit of history of why the Lord laid it on your heart to even write this book.
2: Okay. So thank you guys for having me so much. I've known Chrissy and Lisa for a long time, and I'm just thankful for their influence in my life. And I don't know, is this my, this might be my third my third time, I think on the podcast. And so um, you can listen. I think, I think the second one, maybe I shared more of my story. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you can go back and listen to some of that, but I have been wanting to write a book for a long time. In fact, this Christmas, I went back. We used to, when my kids were little, I have a 14 year old, my oldest is 14. And when they were little, we had blogs. That was the big thing. It was, it was, everybody, every family had a blog. Ours was called the leech life. And you kind of blogged about everything that was going on. And I had tons of pictures and that was kind of my photo album. I never did like a baby book or anything like that. Well, so this year I went back and I took the first three years of that and made huge books for Christmas for everybody. And what I saw was, in that first year that Brady was born, I wrote, I had like a post about dreams and things that I wanted to do. And the first thing on there was write a book. And that was 13 years ago. Wow. And I of course had no idea, no idea what the Lord had in store for me. And this, the pivot is a story that I never thought I would tell a soul, let alone write a book about it. Um, And I just a little backstory is I have written a couple of books that have been rejected and rejected and rejected. So nobody look at this and think, oh, this is so easy and this happened overnight. It did not. But basically, when I was a teenager and growing up from 11 years old until I was 19, maybe 20... Um, I was repeatedly molested by my dad, and I never told a soul. And, and in fact, I'm married to my high school sweetheart, and he did not know about it. And he was around, we were dating when the abuse was happening. And I just decided I was going to compartmentalize it, and it didn't need to touch any part of my life until a couple years ago, four years ago, the Lord brought me to a breaking point on a New York city street where I was having a panic attack and had to sit down. And I thought I was just going to, I mean, I honestly thought I was going to die. I couldn't breathe. I had no idea what was happening. And he brought me to a breaking point where he basically said, are you going to trust me with this? And it was a pivotal moment. And I don't mean to use a pun of my book, but it was a pivotal moment for me because I had to decide, and this is one of the first chapters in the book, is God is enough for me. Even if everything else falls apart, even if my family leaves me, even if my parents get divorced, even if no one believes me when I have to talk about this, I had to decide that God was going to be enough for me. And the book is really all about choosing to believe these promises and these characteristics about God, even when we don't want to, even when it doesn't seem like they're true, even when we really, really don't feel like it. And I believe based on the response that I have received so far, that there are women who are suffering in their closets and behind closed doors. And they are afraid to say the things that they're actually thinking because we are not—we've been taught not to say them. And I was actually doing a podcast um, a couple of weeks ago, and she said, "You're saying all the things I think, but I'm afraid to say out loud." And it's all about doubting the Lord, but then choosing anyway. And I think that we can all relate to that, or that's the experience that I've had as we've released the book—is that. Many of us walk through seasons of doubt um, in our suffering and it's never going to, it's not always going to feel like God is near, but we can choose to believe that he's near anyway.
0: Yeah, Becky, what you've walked through is unimaginable. And I remember when you shared it, you said four years ago, you kind of had that moment and then you Mm -hmm. began to share it a little bit with some close people. And I remember when you shared it with me, I was just like. This isn't possible, you know, because Mm -hmm. the way you had lived your life and you just seem to have a storybook family and um, marriage and kids. And then it just didn't seem possible, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I guess my question is this shattering thing that happened to you and this unimaginable thing that happened to you. And then you, you were able to start sharing it a little bit was writing the book a way of healing or did it bring everything back to the surface and make everything more difficult for a season? Because I can imagine over four years, you started to heal Mm -hmm. and then you start to write the book. And was it, how did that feel and how were you able to put your thoughts down on paper?
2: So I actually wrote a book before this one that was more, which is not published, by the way, (laughs) I just need to clarify that. Um, It is on my laptop. That was more therapeutic in a sense that it was really just the story. So it was really just how it started, how it happened and what was going on in that. And that was, you know, Jeff and I had kind of thought that was what was going to be my book. And then when we were getting ready to go publish that, the Lord, I mean, we were days away from signing the contract for this and the Lord just said, no. And after that, and you can kind of read about this in the book after that, there were new things that transpired that completely transformed my story. And as I began to dive into that and press into the Lord Through that radical shift after already trying to heal and walking through it for a couple of years, I learned that God doesn't want me to just talk about me and my story and what He's done for me. He wants me to share what He can still do for you and what He can still do for me. I mean, I have honestly, Lisa, I have picked up the book this week to reread. A couple of the lessons Mm -hmm. in there. Wow. Because I feel like these are lessons and things that I'm going to struggle with my entire life. Yeah. I mean, just the feelings of worthlessness and value and self esteem and confidence and just doubting if the Lord is for you, the Lord is with you. I mean, I think that those are normal you know, I don't like to word, my counselor doesn't like me to use the word normal, <laughs> but I think that those are things that we struggle with and we should normalize that. And that's what we see in the Psalms. And that's what the book is based around is David coming so honestly and vulnerab- vulnerable, I don't know if that's a word in front of the Lord and just saying, I am poured out. I don't understand where you are. I don't feel your nearness. I don't see your goodness. I don't understand why you are allowing good things to happen that are you're, you're allowing. And yet he still chooses to trust him. And so the book, when I was writing the book, it was really more me processing what the Lord is teaching me about himself and about how he views me. And it was sort of a, I need to write this down because I'm going to need to read this again. Wow. And I'm really thankful that other women have been able to take that and feel encouraged in whatever it is that they're going through, even if it's not the same thing that I'm going through.
1: And that's exactly what I was sitting here thinking as you walk through those things, self-esteem, value, Uh, those things that you mentioned that you said are normal. I've never been to a counselor, but normal, um, (laughs) I think is a great word to use for that. I think if the three of us would look each other in the eye, we've all felt that at one point or another because of something that has happened or uh, something we've experienced in our life. So I love that the book addresses that. And I love your honesty. I have to go back and read some of those chapters. I have to go back encourage myself through that. And that's Mm -hmm. one thing that our pastor taught us not that long ago is actually around Christmas when I was going through a rough time. And as you were talking, I'm like, this is so true because it's so applicable to what I'm walking through right now in my little Mm -hmm. journey and my valley and all those things I felt and I still feel certain days. And then there's other days you're on top of the world and Mm -hmm. you have to choose to trust him. You have to choose to know that he's writing your story and he is good. And he has the very best in mind for you. Do not quit. And I think that's what Mm -hmm. happens to us as women is sometimes we isolate ourselves and go down, down, down. And that's where the enemy wants us to be. And we're Mm -hmm. wounded and it takes a lot to get back up. So you have to, lack of a better word, train yourself up in the word of God to say, Lord, you're teaching me, you're showing me. And it's not just me, it's other people in my family and other people that are watching. And I know you're at work here and I have to trust you through this. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. have to trust you. I can't look anywhere else. I feel like that's that's what you're saying and what this book is all about, no matter what your circumstance is. And I'm like, Lisa, it's unbelievable. But being in ministry for so long, I've heard the same story over and over mm-hmm. and over. And I remember one point coming home and telling Charlie, I think I might be the only woman that wasn't abused by a family member. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'd heard it so, so much. So I know it's a, it's a attack of the enemy and I love that you have had victory over it. And Mm -hmm. I love that your family stood beside you. And I love that your family helped rescue you uh, with the Lord's help in all of this. So I want you to talk about the family piece, because when something happens to us, it affects the whole family. Mm-hmm. And your family rallied, and the Lord used them in amazing ways. So I want you to share that part of the story.
2: Yeah. So it's interesting because we grew up. Uh, Lisa and Chrissy knew me when I was in high school, and my family when I was in high school. We grew up uh, at Wood together, and we were the church family. You know, and I talk about this in the book too. Is we were there every time the church doors were open, and Jeff and I, even when we were newlyweds, we taught a Sunday school class and my mom taught Baba study and my dad taught Sunday school and you know i mean we were involved right and like you said i think Lisa you were saying you know it's unbelievable because the family i can't believe this would happen in your family behind closed doors and so one of the things that i the one of the reasons i had held it all in for so long was because i knew when i realized what was happening when I realized this is probably not okay. Um, it was a couple of years, probably into the abuse. I thought this would destroy my family and I'm not willing to do that. And so I stuffed it down deep and I was like, I'm willing to take this bullet for everybody else to keep the peace for everybody else. And so when it became apparent that, I had to address this. I mean, I was physically manifesting the secret that I was holding in and I went to a counselor and I kind of mentioned it very briefly. And she said, you know, this is what you need to address, not the panic attacks. It's, this is what's happening inside your body. I was like, I'm not telling anybody. I will never tell anybody. I will deal with it with my counselor, but I am not going to talk to anybody about it. And two days later, I sat on the couch with Jeff, my husband, and he looked at me and he said, you have to tell me what's going on. And I talk about this in the book, but I was scared to death that he was just going to get up and walk out, scared to death. I was, for him, I was not so much worried that he would believe me or not. I just thought he would leave. And be like, this is too much. This isn't what I signed up for. But he stayed. And he fought for me. And he fought for me to tell my siblings. And so I told my, the first, I told my sister and my brother-in-law. And I thought for sure they weren't either going to believe me or they would blame me. And that didn't happen. Then we told, then we all, all four of us told my brother and my sister-in-law. And I thought for sure he would not believe me or blame me. And then he didn't. And then we all, all six of us went and we talked to my parents one night. And my dad and I and I talked, this is basically what the the book is really about my relationship with my dad and how that all kind of fell apart and how that's, that's the thing that I desire most or desired most was just to be loved by my dad. But my family, not for one second, doubted me. My family, not for one second blamed me or shamed me at all. And that is unusual. I will say that that is unusual. And I feel so blessed. I feel like God, that was, that was evidence of God. Just being with me in that moment was they rallied around me and my family was not close prior to this. My family, my brother was a prodigal at one point in time. And he has married a wonderful woman and they have two kids, but we, you know, they live an hour away and it's all very, it was, it had all been very surface level, all of our relationships. And now it is like, we are messy beyond belief, (laughs) but it is deep and it is rich. And for my 40th birthday, Jeff planned an adults only my family trip to Fort Worth. And so it was my siblings and my mom and I, there there was no place I would have rather been on my birthday than with my family. And I don't feel like before all of this, that would have been my heart, you know, um, but it's just been such a blessing to experience that love, that unconditional love in the mess with my family.
0: So everything that you feared, it just, it couldn't have gone any better all those fears were just wiped away and God handled every bit of it, Um, which is what God does when we bring that to him, you know, Mm -hmm. and allow him to um, do what he does best. And that's shatter all of our preconceived, you know, notions and everything else. And, you know, Becky, so the book is the pivot, believe in God when you really, really don't want to. So let's talk about not wanting to believe God, because when you go through something like this and you walk through it, you have to be asking yourself, God, where were you? Mm-hmm. Um, where are you? How is this good? How are you going to make this good? I want to believe your, I want to believe your word. I want to uh, trust you in this. Becky, you've shown, cause I've watched you over the last four years and how you just portrayed yourself and, and worked through this the spiritual maturity that you have and, Mm -hmm. um, has just been incredible. And I know it's ministered to so, so many people. So you grew up in the church. So the foundation was laid, but what, what were you able to do on a daily basis with the Lord to, 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 trust him and to believe him when you really didn't want to, and ask him those hard questions. And, you know, I think for Chrissy and I, in our generation, getting real wasn't a thing you guys in this generation and the thirties and the forties and the fifties now, and I'll remove myself from it, but it seems like you've got a, more tools to allow you mm-hmm. to do this and um to not only get real with God and just cry out to him like David did. I mean, I don't know why we wouldn't do that when the scripture is full of lamenting and mm-hmm. begging God to hear and We were just more closed off, and I think I'm closed off today because of that. Mm -hmm. I've never been able to release a lot of things. But talk to us about that—that spiritual foundation and what God, how God did it with you, how you did it with God during this healing.
2: Well, I will say when when the initial process started, and I had to uh, initially tell and reveal uh, what was going on. I mean, I. We, I was saturated with worship music. I mean, it was 24-7. I fell asleep with it in my AirPods. Just, I couldn't, like, I'll get emotional talking about it. I could not get enough of it. It was just, I needed God all the time. Yeah. But there were moments where, I mean, I'm remembering one specifically where I was in the corner of my kitchen on the floor, screaming out to the Lord, where are you? My kids, CPS came and interviewed my kids um, without my knowledge, which is, you know, that's what they do. But I didn't know that at the time. And it rocked my world because nobody else knew about it at the time, except for my husband. And so I was like, I'm Lord, I'm doing what you were asking me to do. I'm laying this down before you. And it just keeps getting worse. And it just keeps getting worse. And my heart is breaking. And now, you know, my thoughts are swirling about people, about us and my family and in gossiping and God, where are you? And I clung to, in addition to worship music, I clung to the Psalms and I just happened to find myself there and I found so much comfort in his honesty and how the Lord just met him every time. And the verse that I keep coming back to is, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. And there is a reason that scripture tells us that. And that's because God knows we're going to be brokenhearted. And it's okay to tell him that. And I do think that we were taught, I mean, I do think we were taught, even me, my generation growing up, that this is what you know, your pastor, your Bible study teacher says, this is what the Bible says. And then that's it. Like, you're not really even supposed to ask any questions. And what I saw for myself was there's tons of questions that are being asked. I, and my God is big enough to be there on the other side of those questions. And that, that was the thing that got me through was to be able to be completely honest with him about where I was and not feel ashamed or guilty about feeling, where are you? And then him coming back in and just comforting me. There's just a comfort in in those moments. And there's a peace in those moments, not an audible, I am with you, but just a heart shift that happens when we get to lay it all out in honesty
1: I love that. I love all of the words that you're speaking. And I know that it's speaking life to people through this podcast. And I pray that your book touches many, many lives, just like it's touched ours. And um, quickly, I know we're running out of time, but I want to add one important thing that your story was so powerful that it changed some legislation Mm. in the state of Texas. And that's our God, like mm-hmm. that was just a sidebar. Like, oh, and by yeah. the way, let me do this yeah. for you. So, just share briefly about that.
2: Yes. Um. So, my husband is a state legislator, House, a, a state representative, and in 2019, I got to work with one of his uh, best buddies, uh, State Representative Craig Goldman, on a bill. That extended the statute of li- the civil statute of limitations for childhood sexual abuse from 15 years to 30 years. And um, that was an amazing moment where I I could tangibly say, okay, God, I see how you are making something good here. You know, if we know that statistically speaking, many victims of childhood sexual abuse don't come out uh, about it until later on in life, especially in their 30s after they've had kids and their kids get to be the same ages that they were when they were abused, then why would we not allow time for that to happen? And so we were really thankful to be able to do that. They'd been trying to get it passed for several sessions and had not been able to, which I don't know why. And but we have some other stuff that we're gonna work on next session. And, and I'm working closely with the Child Advocacy Center, which is amazing, Chrissy, you helped to build that center. That, those are the tangible things where they like the treasures of the trial that I can just lay at the throne and say, God, thank you for allowing me to be a part of this that can change lives in places. Yeah, I just think that that's a picture
1: of how God's going to use your story on and on and on and on. And how many women, little girls, little boys are going to be touched by that because you were brave enough to tell this story. So mm. it's huge, and it's yeah. going to touch people for years and years and years, long after Lisa and I are gone, that, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to wrap up. Tell us where you can, where we can get your book and all the details on that. Okay,
2: so you can get my book on Amazon. You have to search The Pivot, Believing God, when you really, really don't want to. Or you can go to beckyleach.com slash links, L-I-N-K-S. And it will have links to all of the things, the book, the website, the blog, the art shop, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. BeckyLeach.com slash links, or you can go to Amazon and just grab the book there.
0: You can also follow Becky on Instagram at Becky Leach, Texas, TX, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And, um, yeah. and you'll enjoy following her and supporting her that way as well. She's an um, incredible writer. I mean, incredible. Oh, and thank so you, you'll be very blessed. You'll be very blessed by that. Becky, we love you. Thank you for coming on. And um, we wish you all the best with the, with the new book.
2: Thank you. Happy birthday, Lisa. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. We are thrilled that you've spent this time with us. Just want to say thank you. We also want to make sure you're aware that we have another podcast called Raising Sinners. It's on the Christian Parenting Network. And we would love for you to join us there too. If you've got kiddos or know someone who does, check us out at Raising Sinners, the podcast for parents. And lastly, Chrissy and I also want to just thank those of you who have been so generous to support our podcast ministry. If you're interested in doing that, we would love for you to go to chrissydenham.org and click on the party table. You can make any size donation and all of those proceeds go to help us with our podcast ministry. So if you've done that before, we thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you'd like to check it out, please do. So God bless you, and thanks again for listening to this episode of The Wonder Podcast.